You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Welcome to Cure Leaf, a medical marijuana dispensary. Whether you're a longtime patient or you're just getting acquainted with this incredible plant, Cureleaf of Pennsylvania is honored to guide you along your medical marijuana journey. Visit us soon at our new State College location. This is the Blue White Breakdown, the premier podcast for all things Penn State football. Talk about culture. It's something that should show up in every aspect of your program. It's the Blue White Breakdown, brought to you by Penn Live. Here are your hosts, Daniel Gallen and Dustin Hawkinsmith. Welcome in. It's the Blue White Breakdown, brought to you by Penn State Health. He's Daniel Gallen. I'm Dustin Hawkinsmith. Here to talk more Penn State recruiting, looking at the class of 2023, looking once again at the offensive line position on a hot streak there. And we've got um, a good one here tacked onto the class of 23. In addition to Hunter Norzag getting confirmation that the Cornell All-American third-teamer will be joining the Penn State team in 2022. A lot of momentum in this position. We'll start there. Uh, We'll also look ahead to the Super Bowl and two former Penn State players who took you know, pretty unheralded paths to get to uh, to the big game for the Los Angeles Rams. Uh, we'll also look uh, in connection with um, the 23 class. Daniel, just your, you know, top targets to watch the rest of 23, especially in the state of Pennsylvania. So starting there, um, David Williams, what do you make of this commitment on the surface? Probably the biggest commit of this recent group, the four-star from Wyoming, who's a top 100 player in the 24-7 sports composite. Yeah, definitely. Javen Williams, when you look at just the recruiting rankings, he's the, the second highest rated recruit in the class of 2023 behind Alex Birchmeyer, uh, the interior offensive lineman from Northern Virginia, who's a five-star in the composite. Um, and I think 24-7 sports, even though he's still a four-star in their rankings, they have him as a top 20 prospect nationally. So Javen Williams slides in behind him rankings-wise. But when you look at kind of the significance of it, uh, Wyoming and, and Eastern PA, He's the number two player in the state, according to the composite. Um, other rankings have him as the number one player in the state. And when you look at how well uh, Penn State recruited Pennsylvania last year, that's a big deal. But Javen Williams gives Penn State four offensive line commits in the class of 2023, uh, along with Birch Meyer and then Joshua Miller and Anthony Donko, uh, a pair of three stars who are also from Virginia. Um, so that gives uh, Penn State a, a pretty good core um, up front as you look at the trenches. And um, just before we started recording, Javen Williams became uh, the latest uh, Penn State recruit in the class of 2023 to tweet out one of those uh, we are forever 107 uh, percent committed graphics. So what like he committed five days ago and he's already saying that he's shutting down his recruitment. Uh, it's a good sign for Penn State, good sign for Phil Troutwine, um, and I think that he's he's going to be a, a major player in the class, 6'4", 285, obviously probably a little bigger than that, and uh, Cape looks good. Like It's just kind of like with a high school offensive lineman, what more can you ask for? 
Yeah, I think that that's the thing. All the makings are here. And no disrespect to Joshua Miller and Anthony Donko, really good high school players. Um, they're more projectable and they they're they're more developmental um than Javen Williams is. And not that Javen Williams doesn't have work to do, but when you look at his athleticism, his body, his movement, you know, he's got the physical capabilities of being a really, really good offensive tackle. There's a lot of work to do between now and then, including his final high school season. But I think players like him are where Penn State has kind of come up short more recently. You know, they've gotten their share of guys who have turned out to be pretty good linemen. Um, They haven't gotten a ton who are actual true blue blue chip players. And now you look at it with with him being an an, an outside a, a tackle prospect and Alex Birchmeyer being, you know, either a high four star or a five star on the inside and you've got an extremely good one two punch. You've got a a group here led by those two. That is exactly what Penn State needs to add talent to this depth chart at that position. Audrey Snyder from The Athletic had a good note that uh, I talked about with Bob uh, on Thursday's Blue White Breakdown that this is projected to be right now the first time in James Franklin's tenure that they have two top 100 offensive linemen um, in the class that, uh, you know, a couple times, you know, Rasheed Walker, uh, Michael Mennett, like they've had some of these kind of blue chip uh, offensive linemen, but it's usually just one uh, every couple of years. Uh, maybe you string a couple of years in a row with that, but this is setting up to be the first time that they have two of those guys um, in one class. And, and that goes a long way. I mean, the offensive line is so much about development and the more guys you bring in that are already kind of developed um, that are kind of already closer um, to being able to contribute. I think that that goes a, a long way. Um, you look at some of the guys on Penn State's roster. Now it's, you know, you're kind of looking at your watch, you're waiting, you're waiting. All right. This is your third, this is your fourth year. Um, but the more guys you bring in like Landon Tangwall, you know, it was the end of his first year where you were like, okay, he's, he's holding his own now going into a second year, which he's still, he's still a redshirt freshman. You're like, okay, he can be, he can be a big time contributor. So, I mean, it's kind of the, it's kind of the obvious, the more good recruits you bring in, uh, the better things will be. But I think that you're kind of starting to to actually see that now. You need him in quantity. I think no mistaking that Penn State has needed them and a little better quality too. And uh, Rashid Walker was joining that 18 class by Nana Asidu, who was from Virginia, who had a heart condition. He must have just been outside the top 100 because he was a pretty heralded player too, more so for his athletic capability and what he could grow into where Rashid Walker was a bit more of a complete player. I think um, Javen Williams is a little bit more on the Rashid Walker side where uh, you can dream upon what he could be, but you can also look at him right now and think that he's pretty close to being able to contribute so really good addition you know in this long run of additions and then looking ahead in, in Pennsylvania in 2023 he joins Lamont Payne and, and Joey Schlafer as uh, three of the top 15 players in the state uh, Javen Williams depending on where you look I think the 24-7 sports composite has a number two I think 24-7 sports the site has him as the number one player in Pennsylvania so it's a good start when it comes to locking down PA as well yeah definitely and I think when you look at kind of the the landscape of the state um, Rodney Gallagher, uh, from Laurel Highlands. Uh, I think he's number one in the composite. Um, he's a very well-regarded athlete who I think at one point was looking at playing both basketball and football at the next level. Uh, recently he announced it's just going to be football. Um, uh, but he's out in Western PA, uh, Tamir Robinson at Brashear in Pittsburgh. He's out there in Western PA. Um, I think I saw some crystal ball movement with him. Um, and then the other guys that round out the top five in the composite are in 
Eastern, Southeastern PA uh, with Imhotep Charter, Ramir Stewart, and Archbishop Wood linebacker Samaj Bridgman. All those guys are, are well-regarded. Um, they all play positions that, that Penn State could, could use a boost, um, which is kind of interesting. And then you look down kind of the, the rest of the list and other names to know. I mean, you've got Josiah Trotter, um, familiar last name for any linebacker um, out of St. Joe's Prep. Uh, and he's got Penn State, I think in a, I think it was a top six that he, top six or top eight um, that he released recently. <laughs> the days are all running together. I forget if that was last week are. or last month. Uh, also in Philly, James Hurd, Sean Battle. Um, outside of Philly, uh, the linebacker, Phil, I think Picciotti. Um, I, I butchered that one. Um, and then uh, the Dallas Town wide receiver, Kenny Johnson, who he kind of snuck onto the scene um, recently. And it'll be interesting to watch his interest. But I, I can't quite tell if the, the talent level is, is sort of the same as it was in, in 2022. I mean, 2022 really seemed like a bumper crop, but it does seem like that there's some some really interesting prospects in Pennsylvania in 2023. And it just so happens that they play uh, positions of need uh, for Penn State, which, like I said, that's an interesting dynamic. Good start here in the 23 class in all kinds of ways, but along the offensive line in state and Pennsylvania. And then that does have a way of maybe turning up the pressure just a little bit on, on guys. And that's why you see a run, you know, at the same position oftentimes is that spots are starting to fill up there. And and I don't know. I mean, I think Penn state could have a capability of taking on more offensive linemen, but they can be a little bit more selective here the rest of the way and, and wait on guys that um, that are must takes and not have to stretch for that. So um, you could see a little bit more movement here. Um, it does seem like a kind of a pivot point here as we're getting towards the end of winter. Uh, don't listen to the groundhog, but we're getting towards the end of winter and into spring practice and into you know spring visits and all that. We could start seeing even more movement moving forward. This is the Blue White Breakdown. Welcome to Cureleaf, a medical marijuana dispensary. Whether you're a longtime patient or you're just getting acquainted with this incredible plant, Cureleaf of Pennsylvania is honored to guide you along your medical marijuana journey. Have questions? Visit us at cureleaf.com or stop in to see us at any of our locations, including our new state college dispensary located at 1248 South Atherton Street. Let's talk medical marijuana and let our confidence become yours. Now, one last thing, and, uh, you know, we can sort of wax intellectual about this a little bit, but uh, Nick Scott and Grant Haley, I just, I love that the, that both of these guys are competing for the Rams in the Super Bowl. Uh, you've seen two pretty different stories play out over time. Grant Haley, obviously heroic in, in running that um, block kick back for a touchdown to beat Ohio State. Really a, J, a James Franklin era defining moment uh, that he had to, he barely outran. I think it was the holder on that play. Who Why, why that holder isn't playing someplace in the NFL, I'm not sure at, at that point. But uh, Grant Haley, um, you know, he he arrived the Penn State as a three-star small guy, you know, I, I think probably reminds you a little bit of, um, you know, the, of the nickel now, um, Daquan Hardy, kind of the same deal, you know, undersized inside cornerback, but made a living for himself and he just keeps hanging around. Now he's a, a special teamer, uh, for the Rams. And then obviously with Nick Scott too, running back cornerback safety at Penn State special teamer, did whatever was asked of him. And now to see him really burst on the scene uh, in the second half of the season and become a safety for the Rams, who's not just, you know, playing snaps, but making an impact, really awesome for him coming as a seventh round pick. 
Yeah, I think Nick Scott's career is is, is just really, really interesting. Um, obviously, I wasn't uh, covering Penn State during during his time, but kind of going back through his bio, looking at his uh, recruiting profile, uh, three star out of Northern Virginia, uh, an area that that we've talked about <laughs> a little bit uh, in recent weeks. Um, just kind of looking at him as a as a redshirt, primarily being a kickoff returner, then mostly being special teams, and kind of it's funny when you read his bio, looking at how kind of the defense gets sprinkled in uh, a little bit. Where all right, he he gets his first career pass breakup in 2016, then he makes his first career start on defense late in 2017, and then by the time he gets to 2018, he's a full time starter on the defense, um, which is just really interesting when you consider that. He spent five years with the program, uh, switched sides of the ball, played a couple different positions, sort of one of those things where like, I kind of hate this framing with everything when, when you look back on things where it's like, oh, well, in the era of the transfer portal, could this have happened? But it is, you know, he stuck around, which is something that obviously guys don't have to do um, even before, you know, the one-time transfer and everything. It's, it's hard to blame someone for for leaving if things aren't necessarily going uh, the way that they expected it to. And I'm sure that when Nick Scott arrived before Saquon Barkley, uh, he didn't really expect, no one really expected Saquon Barkley to be Saquon Barkley. So it is interesting for Scott. He's played every snap um, in the playoffs. He's made, he only started one game in the regular season, but he started all three, played every snap, intercepted Tom Brady. Um, He's been a, a really key player on that Rams defense, which is a, a really interesting unit um, for sure. Both of these guys in their own way, just kind of prove that it's never too late. You know, and I think from that, from a football standpoint, and you know what, if you want to listen to this podcast for your daily dose of life inspiration too, you know what, it's never too (laughs) late in life either. I like to see myself as a late bloomer. I'm going to really make my mark in my sixties and seventies until then I'm just (laughs) biding my time. But these guys really, truly, you know, we, Penn State has had a lot of, um, decorated players and first round picks and, and all that. And whether their success in the NFL points to underachieving in the, in the college ranks. Yeah. I'll let you decide that one. There's a lot of kind of conversation about that now, but they've also had some players who have, who have just used their platform at Penn state to leap into the NFL and to overachieve there. And I think Nick Scott and to a little lesser degree, Grant Haley are doing that as we speak, they're playing in the super bowl. They're playing the Bengals. Uh, I haven't seen the latest line on this one, but Daniel, I know, um, your, your head says one thing, your heart says another about what's going to happen in this game. Yeah, I think when, when Bob and I were talking about it on Wednesday, it was Rams minus four, um, which I think that, that feels about right. Um, I'm, I'm picking the Bengals to win uh, 24-20. Uh, that's what I went on the record with with Bob yesterday, so I can't really, can't really change now. Um, but it's a thing where I could see that if, if both offenses are clicking, I could see a lot more points, um, even though both defenses are, are pretty good. But I do worry about Joe Burrow's health um, with uh, Aaron Donald and kind of the beating that that Burrow took, especially in that Titans game. That was just kind of like Jeffrey Simmons was just in the backfield um, the entire time. And with Aaron Donald, Vaughn Miller, um, and then on the back end, you have a guy like Jalen Ramsey. That's just kind of a lot for someone someone to deal with. But I don't know. I think it would be more interesting to to watch the Bengals win. I think that kind of the way that they've built their team with picking Jamar Chase over Panay Sewell uh, back in last year, last April, geez, uh, that was, it was kind of an interesting experiment and and it worked. And I like that a lot. And I don't know, it's just kind of, it's something different. I mean, obviously like 
the Rams haven't won in a while, but they were just here a couple of years ago. You know, I don't, I've, not, I've never really found Matthew Stafford to be the most fun quarterback to watch. Um, it is cool to see Odell Beckham doing Odell Beckham things like, like advertised, but it's kind of the, the Bengals. That's what I'd like to see, but I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be surprised to see the, the Rams come away with it. My interest from a, in it from a, a story, a narrative standpoint, obviously Cincinnati and what it would mean to that city, the fans of that team who have been through so much and get this rapid ascent uh, with their franchise quarterback. I love that part of it. And I, I really think the Bengals have the capability of winning so much firepower. And I think, um, you know, a little bit of time to try to draw up some adjustments based on how limited time will be in the pocket, outside the pocket with Aaron Donald and Von Miller crashing down and try, trying to use the middle of the field a little bit more uh, against this Rams defense. Uh, But I just think legacy building time for Joe Burrow. Like this is, this is the coolest Mm. cat at that position in the league, just the way he carries himself and the way that he's not really affected by much. Like I saw there was a story out there from his youth where somebody told him um, he's so unaffected by moments that he could be, basically he could be a psychopath if he, if he wanted to be <laughs> like his pulse, his pulse does not change. I wish I could, could full, fully give credit, but I forget who, uh, who wrote the story, but uh, I love that. So I'm, I'm rooting for the Bengals in this one. I like your twenty four twenty score. I'll, I'll go. Um, I'll go twenty seven twenty one. Just as a little, a little mix up. Mm-hmm. I think they've got the weapons to do it. I also think um, Sean McVay. He does some some uh, inexplicable things in these in these pressure moments. Like I think he's going to use a bad timeout or make a bad call or something in the second half. I love him as a coach, but I think um, I think the Super Bowl could slip away at his hands. We'll see what happens uh, Sunday night. We'll watch these Penn state guys, Grant Haley and Nick Scott. And we'll be back with you next week here on the blue white breakdown. Make sure you follow Daniel for all kinds of good insights. I'm sure from the super bowl. And as Penn state continues, it's uh, it's hot streak on the recruiting trail at Daniel JT gallon. Also check us out at penlive.com slash Penn state football. Thanks for tuning in. And we'll see you next time here on the blue white breakdown. This is the blue white breakdown.